Hi, this is Jason Aaron, writer of Thor and Star Wars, and you're listening to Mighty Marvel Geeks. USB microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Mrs. Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. It's <laughs> a plan. It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kyle, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Groot. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what we need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. Yeah, welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. And I don't know why my waveform on my looks so small. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the size for your wame form. It's no. never mind. <laughs> it is the Intrepid Trio. We are back once again for another ep- another issue. It's Kyla and Eric and Mike. How are you guys doing this week? Word. What's Word. up? Eh, good, good. It's Friday. <laughs> At the time of recording, yes, it is Friday. Yeah. Yes, it is. And, it may uh, be a little after Friday by the time you're hearing this, and that's, that's okay. True. Do not check your calendar. No, don't. No, no. No. Unless you want to get in a Wayback Machine, then feel free. Yeah. If you got a blue police box somewhere, you know. Wrong show. Wrong company. You know what? I think Marvel did one of did do a series at one point. Marvel did do a Doctor Who series at one point. Uh illustrated by Dave Gibbons of Watchmen fame. Right. I see. Well. <laughs> I I don't know if I still have them, but I had some. Uh had Tom Baker in it and I I rather enjoyed them. I learned something new then. <laughs> I I never realized. Now, see, that's what you get when you listen to Mighty Marvel Geeks. You learn something if you're not careful. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, you're trying to say what the... I'm, I'm, I'm saying that you just weren't careful and you learned something. True, true, true. <laughs> you watch yourself, young man. <laughs> now you get to go home and write a report about this. <laughs> I want you to sit there behind that soundboard and think about what you've done. <laughs> I know what I've done. What I've done is... The show, it's not even 10 minutes in the show. You found a way to stick it in already? Well, it's either that or... Earth's Mightiest Heroes! Earth's Mightiest Heroes! So. Oh, mercy. Oh... But wow. We, so we, so even though we all know and longtime listeners of this show know that our show has more tangents than a high school geometry class, but still, <laughs> moving on, sooner or later, we must talk Marvel. So let's go ahead and get that out of the way. Well, let's also get out of the way the fact that with the way the week we've all had, uh-huh. this is very appropriate. Yes. 
So open it up. Pour yourself I a drink. I was tired of my lady. Okay, maybe not that, but well, <laughs> you mean the escape part? I get it. Yeah. Can I get to that part? I don't know. Can you? If you have half a brain, if you'd like making love at midnight in the dunes on the cape. <laughs> so there we have it. <laughs> no, no cap, darling. <laughs> oh, mercy. Oh. Ah, yes. You, I think you, we all need pina coladas. Pina coladas all around. Kind of like in the Oprah meme. You get a pina colada. You get a pina colada. Everybody yeah, gets a pina colada. I'm looking under my seat. I don't see a pina colada. You know, in the event of a water landing, your pina colada can be used as a flotation device. <laughs> you know, it's me hanging out there in the ocean. Big old drink. How you doing? Buenos dias. <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Kylan, we've come to rescue. No, I'm good. Just go. 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 I'll catch you next time. Do you have any salt? <laughs> oh, no. Sorry. That's a margarita. Never and, mind. And floating by you here. You know what really grinds my gears. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Oh. Oh, man. What a week it's been. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh. Again, understatement. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? We've had some good come out of this week. We have we we, we, we had have. some we had we've had some news to come out this week, you know. Uh and we got new synopsis. So it, it, you know, you would think it would be synopsi. It seems like it should be synopsi. I th- I think that should be a word. Yeah. Well, for the sake you know, of this we, for the sake of this show, it is synopsi. Okay. We have new synopsi that is a plural for synopsis for the listeners out there. We have new synopsi for Doctor Strange and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Uh, so now, now the thing is, the thing is, oh, uh, the, the the thing is that we, you know, going into Civil War, we knew about each of the characters and you know who was doing what. You know, yeah, going yeah. In, leading into this, you no, know, but you know, uh, so here we are about. Four months ish away from Doctor Strange, uh, maybe about a year away from Guardians of the Galaxy, <coughs> and you know they're they're adding characters, and there's no there's very little any revelation as to the role of these uh, of these actors or what characters are going to play. Okay, um, and so the thing was, you know that you know we we had a little bit of a tease uh, of, of you know what the basic. Uh, story and plot is in each of the uh, in um, Guardians Volume Two and in uh, Doctor Strange, and but the interesting thing is that uh, compared to Thor Ragnarok, you know where we have almost a full cast reveal. You know we're we're getting teased all over the place with Doctor Strange and Guardians. But here's what I have. Okay, so lay it on us. So Doctor Strange follows the story of neurosurgeon Dr. Stephen Strange, who, after a horrific car accident, uh, discovers the hidden world of magic and alternate dimensions. Uh, and, and you guys know that this is Marvel's first foray into magic. So, you know, we're, we're all excited to see this. We've all seen the, uh, the teasers. So, and, the, the, we're, and we're liking what we're seeing so far. So, now, Marvel's Dr. Strange 
follows the talented neurosurgeon, Stephen Strange, who, after a tragic car accident, must put ego aside and learn the secrets of a hidden world of mysticism and alternate dimensions. Now, based in New York City's Greenwich Village... Doctor Strange must act as an intermediary between the real world and what lies beyond, utilizing a vast array of metaphysical abilities and artifacts to protect the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So now, now what I just read to you were the original synopsis, which was uh, one sentence, and the I guess you would call the updated synopsis, which is a decent paragraph. But yet, we still don't know anything about the added characters that, that have been mentioned in the last couple of months, okay? So, but we do know that we are definitely going to be dropped into the metaphysical side of the Marvel Universe. And so, no, we're uh, thinking that that means we're definitely going to be seeing the Ayavakamoto. We're going to be seeing the, the Cape of Levitation. You know, and all, all of these artifacts that Doctor Strange uses in his battle against the dark side of uh, the dark magic and the, you know, the, the, the unknown horrors that, you know, us humans don't know about. So I can't wait to see this. I don't care if it's a horror aspect. That makes me want to see it even more. I think it so, should be a horror aspect. Yeah. I, mean, well, I have you know, no problem with that. I mean, was it back when I was in college um, and I was playing the original uh, Marvel superheroes RPG? Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one uh, campaign that involved Doctor Strange for a little bit. And yeah, things got really freaky. And, you know, and I'm, we're sitting there playing in daylight and there was stuff going on that was kind of freaking me out a little bit. You know, it's... Oh, sorry, and, I had beans. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I, I, I should have known, you know, chili dogs in the summertime, that's just not a good thing. But it's okay. Well, the old original Marvel superheroes role-playing game actually had a series of magic source books. It's like the yes. Realms of Magic. Yeah. yeah, the Manual of Magic, Manual of Mysticism, and Codex of Characters and creatures so yes yeah um they the the mystic the occult that sort of thing that's always been a rich uh hunting ground for uh for writers and artists and and other creators in the marvel universe to Mm -hmm. to pull from and i think i'm liking what i'm seeing and hearing out of this so far i mean it's got kind of like a almost like a a Harry Potter meets Men in Black meets Lord of the Rings kind of feel to it. Right. So it's this is probably one of the movies that I am looking forward to the most. Yeah. And, and I, 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 I've become a Stephen Strange fan. Like I, I was always kind of interested in him. I, I liked him. He wasn't one that I actively followed. Uh, but you know, I. I, I kind of I went back and I managed to pick up uh, volume one of the um, of, of the uh, essential collection of Doctor Strange stories. And you know, for the listeners out there, those of you who do have uh, Marvel Unlimited, there's a ton of Doctor Strange stuff out there. So you know yeah. what? If you if you want to get a uh, I don't know, maybe a little bit of a, a fresh course. Yeah. yeah. Get get yourself some Doctor Strange from Marvel Unlimited. Seriously. So, 
yeah, I cannot wait for this movie. And it's the day after my birthday, so there you go. Well, there you go. So, you know, Kylan, what do you get for your birthday? I get me a new freaking Doctor Strange movie. There you go. <laughs> like, and, they, and they knew it was my birthday, so that's why. Yeah. Of course. Now, uh... Now, the the one movie that just recently wrapped up, and I believe it's about to go into post-production, uh, which is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So, now, here was the previous synopsis uh, set to the all-new son- sonic backdrop of awesome mixtape number two. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 contains continues the team's adventures as they unravel the mystery of Peter Will's true parentage. Now, let's go with uh, now what we get is set to the backdrop of awesome mixtape number two, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 continues the team's adventures as they traverse the outer reaches of the cosmos. The Guardians must fight to keep their newfound family together as they unravel the mysteries of Peter Quill's true parentage. Old foes become new allies, and fan-favorite characters from classic comics will come to our hero's aid as the Marvel Cinematic Universe continues to expand. So, now, here's the other thing. So, not only do we get more, not not only are we going to get more of the, get actually get into the mystical and actual magic side of Marvel, we are going, we are about to get more into the cosmic side of Marvel as well. Smell that? Smells like Star Wars. <laughs> That's the, well, same company, different franchise. Works but for me. But it could happen. But it could happen. They both have furry creatures, one tall, one short. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what would happen if Drax met Chewie? Somebody's losing arms. Uh, I don't know. I think they'd actually get along pretty well. Yeah. You know that? Oh, the two of them in a a drunken brawl, and you own the bar? The bar is destroyed. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, so now, so we get that, so we have this update, right? And, you know, and it gives us a little more of what to expect, kind of, sort of. But we're, we don't get any idea of who Kurt Russell's playing, but we know he's in the movie. Uh, there's rumors that, St- uh, that Stallone is playing a character uh, linked to the no- Nova Corps, and he may be Charlie 27. I don't know what that even means. Uh, okay. I, I, All right. Let, let, me, let me back you up on this. Help me. Help okay. Me. All right. The original Guardians of the Galaxy was set in the 31st century. Okay. Okay. So by then you had human colonies on different planets of the solar system. Okay. And there was an alien race called the Badoon that came in and basically enslaved the whole the whole solar system. What was this race again? Badoon. Blushy. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and you know Charlie 27 was a soldier from Jupiter. Okay, and he was he was very tall, but also very wide, very squat in in representation of you know Jupiter's very heavy gravity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was pretty much the lead soldier. He was the one that took over in in fights. Okay, okay. Yondu, you've already seen, but it was a completely different Yondu from the one in the movie. Mm-hmm. He was kind of like a uh, a holy warrior, like a Shaolin warrior monk. Oh. 
Yeah, and his the, where it looked like it was just a little red mohawk on mm-hmm. on the Michael Rooker version. Yeah, it was it was a fin. It was all, it was almost like a crest. Okay, in the comics. Uh, now there was Martin X, who was from Pluto. He had a crystalline body. He was a crystal-based uh, life form. Basically, it was like a, a cyborg made out of crystal that had a human brain in it. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. Who else? There was Vance Astro, who was a human from like 20th century Earth who volunteered for this interstellar exploration mis- mission where he was going to basically survive this long trip because, you know, back – course we still don't have it they didn't have faster than light travel so the only way to do this was the old-fashioned way that would take like a hundred years or so okay it just you know hundreds of years and it, it was kind of a a shock when he got there and there were humans waiting on him because in the time that was spent on his mission while he was in uh, you know cryostasis humans developed faster than light travel and it's like oh well so sorry you took the trip for nothing you know Right when you, uh, yeah, right when you get work. Buck Rogers but, 2.0. Buck Rogers 2.0, exactly. And because he is so freakishly old, he has to wear a special containment suit. Otherwise, if his skin is exposed to air, then basically he withers and dies faster than the bad guy in an Indiana Jones movie. Oh. But he is also like one of the last survivors of 20th century Earth. So he knows, you know, he brings with him, he writes stories about all the characters in the Marvel comics in the 20th century. Okay. And he is a huge Captain America fan. So he finds Captain America's shield and he's carrying it around in the 31st century. Interesting. And there's one more character, and this is, this is a character when we were talking about Sharon Stone and Heat. Yeah. I never consider I, I I will flat out admit this. I did not consider this character, but she is from Mercury. Her name is Nikki, and she has she does not have hair, she has fire. It's like in the Disney movie Hercules, Hades with the with the fire on top yeah. of it. All right. That's Nikki. But the reason I did not think of Sharon Stone as Nikki is that, well, I always pictured Nikki as being a young girl, mm-hmm. and Sharon Stone is not a young girl. She's still young. Right. She still looks good for her age, but she's not a young girl. I mean, like, Nikki is barely out of her teen years. Right. But in the article here, they mention that I guess some believe that she will be Nikki Gold. Well, really, I, that to me, now that I think about that character, I think that may be what we see. And if Stallone is Charlie 27, and let's face it, Stallone would be a perfect choice for a Charlie 27. Yeah. Now, of course, uh-huh. you'd, have to do, you'd have to do some CG effects with him. Right. Because Charlie 27, it, go look Charlie 27 up if you've I, yeah. not seen a picture of him. Yeah, I'm look. I was looking at them uh, at uh, issue number one, which is in Marvel Marvel Unlimited. So yes, I'm looking at issue number one, and he's a squat, yeah, wide hunk of muscle. So I mean, I could you, describe him. If you take a picture of, if you took Silly Putty, you remember Silly Putty, right? If you oh, yeah. took, if you took Silly Putty and used it to copy a picture of a bodybuilder. And then you grabbed it on the size and you pulled it apart and you stretched it out. That's kind of what Charlie looks like. Yes. And by the way, Charlie and Nikki were an item. Okay. So think about this. 
Sylvester Stallone and Sharon Stone, their characters being an item. Uh, be I'm, not, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I'm just saying that would be kind of interesting to see. Well, you know, they did do that sort of once before in um, The Specialist. Well, there you go. So, you know. All right. All right. Cool. Cool. Well, as so, that's what we have. Uh, so we may very possibly get a glimpse of the original Guardians of the Galaxy for the uninitiated out there. So I really would like to see that because that's the Guardians of the Galaxy that I grew up with. See, now, I read it as a kid. Well, now, now that I, I'm learning this, I'm just now learning this because I remember in the late nine, in the early nineties, I was reading, um, I was reading X Men, like the the fifteen X Men books that they had out. I was reading them, <laughs> and uh, you know, you're and that I, guy. Yeah, I was that guy, and. Uh, uh, a book or two from our distinguished competition and maybe hopping around with a couple of other titles. So so I missed Guardians the first time around, but I, w- I will certainly take advantage of, you know, you know, reading it here now. So Okay. Yeah. Yeah, now... What I would recommend doing is going back to the, uh, I guess this was early 90s as well. No, mid-90s, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy had had a title. Uh, it was, uh, I can't remember who wrote it, but Jim Valentino was the penciler. And it followed how um, how they came upon and they were looking for the clues to Captain America's shield. They actually do wind up finding it. Uh, and they do come across a few other survivors from the 20th century along the way. Oh, and there's a character that I completely forgot to mention and who could play a very big role in this, a character by the name of Starhawk. Basically, he is kind of like a, a space angel. Okay. Um, As opposed to an earth angel. Yeah, I, I'm not that kind of earth angel. I'm sorry. <laughs> but Starhawk was just kind of a... Um, he, he built himself as, quote-unquote, the one who knows. And you find out the reason he knows what's going to happen and he knows everything that's going on is because, for him, time is a loop. He'll, he, he keeps reliving. It's almost like Groundhog Day. Just imagine okay. somebody's life. When you reach the point of dying, you just rewind to your birth and play it over again. So oh. it's, not that, it's not that he can see the future. It's just that he keeps living it. So it's kind of like, well, I remember on this day, this is going to happen. So it's it's a completely different kind of uh, you know of mechanic, right? But there's also I think there's also a rumor that that's who uh, Kurt Russell might be playing. Hmm. And I'm thinking that would be a pretty doggone good character to play if you're Kurt Russell. Yeah, agree. Well, I guess we we can move on to other characters for other movies. Yes. As a matter of fact, we can. And uh, just a, just a confession, guys. I'm not usually a fan of uh, talking about fan casting here on the show because I'm thinking that's that's more opinions, and I, I prefer for the opinions to be expressed on here just be ours. Right. But this one uh, that appeared on Geek Tyrant, actually, I like this because basically you have – a fan cast of what Civil War would be through different decades. Like, okay, Kylan, give me a character from Civil War. Black Panther. Black Panther. Okay. In the 80s, they would have cast him uh, with Lawrence Fishburne. 
In the 50s, Woody Strode. In the 60s, Sidney Poitier. And my personal favorite out of this, in the 70s, James Earl Jones. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Denzel Washington in the 90s. Okay, Mike, you give me one. Um, I'm going to go ahead and knock off my favorite, Cap. Okay. In the 80s, he would have been cast as Emilio Estevez. In the 50s, Burt Lancaster. I think that's a good choice there. Yeah. Uh, Robert Redford in the 60s. Harrison Ford in the 70s. Now, how cool uh, would that have been? Well, it be interesting. And, and in the 90s, Brad Pitt. Okay. Uh, just, all right, uh, one that I thought was a, an interesting choice, uh, Ant-Man. Okay. In the 80s, it would have been Michael Douglas. 50s, Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. Let that sit in for just a second. In the 60s, Peter Sellers. Mm. Peter Sellers as Ant-Man. Mm. Can you imagine that? Inspector Clues, get there, come get this pin kids. <laughs> uh, in the 70s, it would have been John Ritter. Okay. And the 90s, it would have been Matthew Broderick. That I could see. Yeah, that I, I could that. totally see. Yeah. I could see uh, that. Let's see. In, uh, let's see. Oh, here we go. Iron Man. If we if we talked about Cap, we might as well talk about Iron Man. Uh, in the 80s, they, have, uh, they would have cast Richard Gere. Okay. Uh, in the 50s, they would have cast James Garner. I kind of like that. That's a good choice, yeah. Uh, in the 60s, Peter O'Toole. Hmm. I think that's okay. a really good one. That's an interesting choice, yeah. Uh, how about this for interesting? In the 70s, Burt Reynolds. Yeah. 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 And, and under the total Whiskey Tango Foxtrot in the 90s, Keanu Reeves. Eh, see, no, I disagree with that. See, I'm not. No, I'm not. Um, let's how see. About, how about Hawkeye? Hawkeye? I was just about to talk about Hawkeye. Uh, in the 80s, Kevin Costner. Okay. Yeah, that, that uh, no. really didn't work with Robin Hood, but you know, no. What the heck? Uh, let's see. James Dean in the fifties. I totally see him as Hawkeye. Steve McQueen in the sixties. Yeah. Okay. Clint Eastwood in the seventies. Mm. Possibly. Possibly. Well, how about Christian Slater in the nineties? Well, you, you know, <laughs> imagine a young Jack Nicholson. Okay. <laughs> Now this this also I uh, also like uh, their casting choices for Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Well, I was I was, was going to ask about Winter Soldier. Okay, well let's let's talk about Winter Soldier. In the eighties, they have Charlie Sheen. Okay. Uh, in the fifties, Marlon Brando. Uh, I I don't. I was I would think James Dean more than Marlon Brando. Yeah, but I I kind of like James Dean as Hawkeye. Uh, in the 60s, Paul Newman. Mm. Okay, how about this then? In the 70s, mm-hmm. Al Pacino. Hoo-ah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And in another Whiskey Tango Foxtrot for the 90s, John Stamos. What? As Winter Soldier? John Stamos it's the, as it's Winter the hair. It's the it, hair. It's got to be the hair. It's got to be the hair. Yeah. Well, what about War Machine? Okay, War Machine. Uh, let's see. In the 80s, they had Danny Glover. Uh, I could kind of see that. Uh, P.J. Sidney in the 50s. Uh, Raymond St. Jacques in the 60s. Here's one I could totally get behind. Carl Weathers in the 70s. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I could kind of see this. Cuba Gooding Jr. in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. I think he could pull off. Um, 
Spider-Man is has a has a has a listing here. Uh, in the 90s, I think this should come as no surprise, Leo DiCaprio. No. No. Yeah, no. Yes. Your heart will go on. Yeah, it kind of makes it kind of makes you wish Rose had just like let him sink uh, a little uh. In the 70s, Robbie Benson. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Tommy Kirk in the 60s. I'll be honest, the only way I know Tommy Kirk at all is from Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh... Um in the 50s, Brandon DeWild. Who? Yeah, that's what I said. But in the 80s, uh-huh. Michael J. Fox. Okay. Okay. I think I could begin, I could see that kind of. Now, who plays Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow? Black <laughs> Widow. Okay. In the 80s, they got Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> um, Elizabeth Taylor in the 50s. Okay. I can totally okay. see that one now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the 60s, Angie Dickinson. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, don't don't think of her as how you envision her now. Think of her oh. policewoman. Yeah, there you go. In uh, the 70s, Faye Dunway. Uh, okay. How about and- Raquel Welch? No, not quite. Uh, in the 90s, Mila Jovovich. <laughs> I think there's better choices for the 90s. Oh, yeah. Look, look, this is the same bunch that, for Falcon, gave it to Eddie Murphy in the 90s. Mm -mm -mm. Uh, Try to get around Eddie Murphy as Falcon. No. In the 70s, they put Gregory Hines in, which I totally see. Yeah. Uh, In the 60s, Ivan Dixon. Uh, In the 50s, Brock Peters. Okay. And in the 80s, I can kind of see this. Mario Van Peebles. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. Have we? There's a couple more. Uh, let's see. Scarlet Witch in the 80s, Natasha Kinski. Yes. In the 50s, Bridget Bardot. In mm-hmm. the 60s, Ursula Andress. Yes. Uh, in the 70s, Isabel and Johnny. Okay. And in the 90s, Alicia Silverstone. Um, mm. 90s, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, lastly, Vision in okay. the nineties. In the nineties, they had Ethan Hawke. In the seventies, Michael Caine. And dude, I can so totally see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the sixties, Terrence Stamp. Okay. Uh, another one that I can totally see in the fifties, Yul Brenner. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And in the eighties, for the final fan cast of our story, Christopher Walken. Yes. Yes. Well, you know, Tony. Yeah, I see it. I see. He's got the creepy look down, but no. And then Yul Brenner, you met Tony. Let him, let the Heberites walk. We'll kill him at dawn because I'm the king and I. <laughs> I don't know. Yul Brenner just got that look. He has got the look down. I think he can pull that off. But 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 Michael Caine is vision. I think. Uh, yeah. I like, and Carl. I, all in all, I think the seventies is kind of my favorite. Yeah, together. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah, I think the seventies pretty much almost like got it. I, I think I think for the nineties, what I would change is um, think? Christian. Sl- I, I would remove Christian Slater as Hawkeye and put Ethan Hawke there. I see what you did there. And, uh, uh, and uh, oh crap, who was it from the? Who am I thinking of from? The, oh, uh, Jeremy Irons is Vision. Ooh, that's Ooh, not, that's a good one. Now, wasn't wasn't he playing uh, Sherlock Holmes at that point? 
possibly. Uh, Quite possibly. Uh, let me think. Um, I'm not really. It was. You know, I could just look this up on IMDb. You could. And tell you what, while you're doing that, I'm going to go ahead and go to the next story. Why don't you do that? Um, Melissa Rosenberg reveals, uh, this is according to comic book resources, um, she reveals what Marvel would would not, repeat, would not let her use in Jessica Jones. And you're like, okay, what wouldn't she be allowed to use? Well, of course, we know with Jessica Jones, uh, they explored a lot of dark topics, made a deep dive into some controversial subjects, uh, mm-hmm. up to and including murder, abortion, and rape. Yeah. Um, but there was one word that Melissa Rosenberg was not allowed to use. That's the dreaded F-bomb. No F-bomb? Wait, hold on. there were F-bombs, I thought. Maybe not spoken by Jessica? And, of course, we're talking about the same character who uses it, like, six times on the first page of Alias number one. Okay. Now, this, and and Kylan, you just touched on it, and you just proved my point even before I made it. All right. This is just, this, this is an example of how you can be edgy without actually being edgy. Right. Because, I mean, you can... You say, okay, they weren't allowed to use the F-bomb. But you don't have to say the F-bomb to convey your message. And you know what? And she she brings that up. She goes, you know, the beauty of working at Netflix is that you don't have those limits. I also work with Marvel. And Marvel has a brand and a brand that is generally PG-13. They kind of let us go PG-16. But she said, no F-bombs. And if anyone was going to say F-bomb... It would be Jessica Jones. Sometimes yeah. I would be like, "Please let me put one." Let me put one, but never. Uh, what's funny is, wait, didn't she say the f bomb? I could have sworn she did, but Ritter can deliver the f bomb with her face. Her look yep. says. Her look says it. She can say potato. See, and that's that's another thing. It's kind of like it, you know, there was sex all through it. Right, and, right. and yeah. it it appeared really graphic, but there was no nudity. That's true. Um, but, well, you you saw back nudity of Ritter. Well, back nudity. Of, the yeah, only t- the only time the only time you saw nudity in a sex scene was uh, what's her name who played Patsy Walker mm-hmm. when she's with the with the cop who's protecting her. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's yeah. the only time you see nudity. Okay. All right. Just one time then. But see, one that's, time. Out that's the thing is something that Marvel succeeds where others don't. That's right. true. It is, you can be out there. You can get that feel. You can be the dark and gritty and edgy without being gratuitous on it. Yeah. And I think that is a lesson that can be learned by other networks, other movie houses, other studios. Uh, and really, other fans. Yeah, yeah. People. You know, some people say, "Well, I don't like the Avengers because it's not adult enough. Because it, it's it won't be cool unless they cuss it up and they they show TNA and and stuff like that." It's like this is where your argument is shattered into a bajillion pieces. Oh yeah, that's true. Because I mean, yeah, I was convinced that she. Wow. See, that's the thing. Yeah. You don't have to actually say it. No. 
And, and, I, and I have always said it. I think the best line, and it's probably one of the more edgier lines to me, and it was never spoken mm-hmm. as the text message that came across that said, I got a new bed. Yep. There you go. Mm-hmm. And then See? the smile on her face afterwards. See, that's where you can be adult in a good way. Yes. See, see, because you let the you let the viewer's imagination take it the rest of the way. Really, a good story uses the viewer's imagination as much as the writer's imagination. That's exactly. true. This is this is why I think Jessica Jones had the slight edge on Daredevil season one, mm-hmm. mm. except for one episode. So, but that's just me. So, moving on, though, if we can. Okay. Um, Okay. Keeping on the small screen, going from Netflix to broadcast. and Let's keep the screen on moving. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Speaking of train, if uh, you probably have seen around the internets... A uh, a shield themed train for San Diego Comic Con, and what is it's got it's it's wrapped with uh, Agents of Shield logo and a flaming chain extending all the way down the train, and it says, uh, let's see, where it says, get the, there's a Twitter picture uh, that was sent out. Agents of Shield tweeted the picture along with the message. Get fired up. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. knows how to get you SDCC in style. Okay, and that has had the internet buzzing. Thinking, well, with the question, are we going to see Ghost Rider? I say no. I, I am right there with you because I want to see Ghost Rider done right. I want to see Ghost Rider in a Netflix series. I think a Netflix series would suit it very well. Heck yeah. I, I would even be okay with seeing a new Ghost Rider movie now that the rights have returned back to Marvel. Right. However, Ghost Rider, I, I'm going to put it right out here now. I'm going to put, I'm going to say it unequivocally. If that's a word, kind of like synopsis, even though we really, we know all you grammar Nazis out there, we know. That the plural of synopsis is synopses. Okay? So just quit typing out the hate mail email and just a, roll with there. It's our show. There you go. Hey, hey, hey Jarvis, can you, can you make that so, please? For you, sir, anything. Thank you. And that's just Synops- the way we roll. That's Synopsi, it. it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, this is not Ghost Rider as such. Okay? But there is a connection. Of course, because it's all connected. (laughs) Yeah, that's their story. They're sticking to it, aren't they? But we saw this character last season. He is the character known as J.T. James, also known as Hellfire. Bada boom, hottest guy in the room. How you doing? Mm -hmm. So we saw him in uh, towards the end of the season. He is an inhuman. He has the ability to channel Hellfire through a chain. And we actually see him using it to take out some guys. Yeah. Uh, and in the comics, here's the connection. J.T. James. By the way, the J.T. stands for James Taylor. As in as in the soft rock rock star, you've got a friend. That one. <laughs> Not Taylor Swift, James Taylor. He see fun, uh, he see rain. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> 
are, are we issuing a challenge now? No, no, we're not. Why not? <laughs> I, I, I will. I will find it as you keep talking. So oh anyway, anyway, uh, JT is the descendant of the first writer, who is now called Phantom Rider. Uh, the name was uh, like his possible grandfather, possibly his grandfather, uh, Carter Slade, and he is also known as the Phantom Rider. Which basically, he was like a he, he rode a ghost horse and he shot phantom pistols that shot you know phantom bullets. All right, so he inherited the Hellfire Chain. So this he's an inhuman, and he was recruited for the Secret Warriors. So here here is why this is why he's going to be in this and not. In, in not Ghost Rider, he he teamed up and he let's see he made his first appearance in the comics, Mighty Avengers number thirteen back in two thousand eight, and he apparently died in the comics in twenty eleven. And I could not find my James Taylor, so you're lucky. <laughs> so Secret Warriors, he's got his, he's got comic book history there. He also has history with Quake. Him and Daisy were kind of a romantic thing for a while. Hmm. So this could be this could be a new love interest for Daisy. Now that Lincoln so tragically and heroically sacrificed himself to rid the world of the threat of Hive. Oh no, you did. Oh my god. An old cowboy went riding out one dark and windy day. Upon a ridge he rested as he went along his way. <laughs> I prefer the Dale version myself, but that's just me. <laughs> but yeah, I, this is this is the character we're going to see. Because we have we have seen him in season three. So we will see him in season four. He's got mm-hmm. secret warrior ties in the comics. He's got ties to Daisy in the comics. Actually, it was season four. We just finished season four, didn't we? I thought we're going into season five. What did I say? Season three. Unless I'm wrong. Wait, hold on now. Wait. Season season one ended with Captain America Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. With season two was uh, Avengers. Age of uh, Ultron. Age of Ultron, season three, Civil War. Okay. So, so season four. I know it feels then like that there should be another one in there, but no. Oh, this is this I'll is admit, going I was to wrong. Four. Yeah, I was about to say that. I thought it was season three and season four, but and so, and I'm just going to like sidetrack here for just a second. If you're listening to this podcast, you're listening to this show on Sorcerer Radio. You're a fan of Agents of Shield. If you want to keep, if you want to see a season five, do not wait until ABC cancels season four. Start it now. Yes. yes. This Man. is where you start the drive. This is where you start the online petition that does absolutely nothing. This is where you do the campaign. Save it because I'll tell you right here and now, ABC does not give two rats butts about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They do not. They Are cannot they- wait to get this show off the air so they can bring in another clone of Grey's Anatomy or Scandal or How to Get Away with Murder because that right now is the format of choice for ABC programming. 
And and I, I, I'm going to tell you guys right now, I mean, if they cared about it, they wouldn't drop it at 10 o'clock on Tuesday night. Right. I'm just saying. Uh, how many shows that followed Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. survived that slot? Not many. I mean, think, no. think about it. There's been, what, 22, 23 seasons of Dancing with the Stars? And now there's no Tuesday results show. So, so, 10 o'clock? Mark it down. They have put the torpedo in the water. This is their move to where they can simply say, the ratings aren't there. We're ditching it. Mm-hmm. Care about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Don't wait until the hammer drops to start your hand wringing and public squalling and hashtags of save agents. Start that crap now. Seriously, start it because and most importantly, and most importantly, watch the darn show, please. Don't put it on DVR. Don't wait till it comes out on Hulu. And I am pointing a finger at myself for this. And and don't wait till it. Well, actually, don't wait for it to appear on Netflix either. No, don't. don't. So at that point, it's too late. If if we can't emphasize again, start it right now. If you don't, then shame on. People, (laughs) if you want the show to last, you have to. And do you understand? This is not a test of the emergency broadcast system. And we are we are not trying to uh, speak in Morse code either. <laughs> so no, but I think he just signaled Russia. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm, guys, look, we're, we're we're serious about this. Look, yes. Uh, right now, as it stands, um, Agents of Shield is the only Marvel show that we have. Yeah. Am I right? We're not counting Netflix either. Not counting Netflix. No, we're, no. we're talking about network TV um, right now. Broadcast TV, uh, not broadcast internet TV, streaming. Not internet streaming. Not not basic cable. Now, I'm talking about broadcast TV. We just have Agents of Shield. They took away. They they took away Agent Carter, and they took away uh, Most Wanted, and we and have no da- idea about damage control. We have no idea about damage control. Okay. I mean, do, okay. do, the do, only do, other thing that we're getting is cloak and dagger on freeform. freeform. And freeform is really all we need to say about that. I mean, do you, do you want to get to the point where this is happening to you? I've been authorized by Director Fury to use any means necessary to keep you on premises. If you attempt to leave right. or play any games, I will tase you and watch Super Nanny while you drool into carpet. And we're all trained to do that. We have a hell of us. Yeah. We had a hellabus before it was cool. Yes, that's right. That's right. We have a hipster hellabus. We but, do. But the but the funny thing is with ABC putting shield in the ten o'clock ten o'clock time slot, it, it feels like this. Look, I'm sorry about that little show back there, but we thought it best to break it to you slowly. Yeah, that's what they're trying to break to us, is that they are giving it the boot. Yeah. It, yeah, and yeah. the only way to save the show is to start watching the show. Do you get that, people? You want to keep the show? Watch the show. 
Even if you think... (laughs) (laughs) Even if you think that it's not the best out there. Even if you think, oh, they jumped the shark already. If you want to keep the show... They've jumped the shark how many times? Please. The shark is getting used to being jumped. Yes. But, I I mean, in, in all seriousness, online petitions, hashtags... They do two things, diddly and squat. Yeah. And when this this happens, it doesn't matter if you get 50 million signatures on an online petition on change.org. It ain't going to change a thing. No. And here we at Marvel, we say at Mighty Marvel Geeks, if if you want help with this. Official consulting hours are between 8 and 5 every other Thursday. That, that, that simple as that. <laughs> it, it's like this. Look, the, here, and here's how it works. It's, it's, a, it's a case of mathematics and, and economics, okay? If we all put the, give the show insane numbers, okay, the sponsors are going to see the insane numbers. The sponsors are going to want to put their, put their money at the show that's getting all the ratings. And then ABC cannot ignore the sponsors, Okay, so we're playing, uh, you know, we're going to take the chess table, flip it and turn it into backgammon. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) I mean, there's only so many times that Joe Tremble can strike. And if you don't know who that is, she is the one who basically saved Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. She is the one that uh, that when she found out that Trek was was about to get canceled. She organized a massive movement, got it brought on for another year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can you want to be that tremble? That's what you do. Yeah. It starts now. It starts in the fall when it is. When it starts out. But but here's a question I want to know though. In the fall, who's going to be uh-huh. the director? You know what? Here's a, it's it's interesting because well, now this is the now we've been talking about this ever since the the season finale show. Okay, we've been talking about this. So and that's the question that has been on the minds of, of all the Shield fans since season finale. So all we know for sure is number one, Coulson certainly is not okay. And considering that uh, he was out in the field with Mac. Mac obviously isn't. Um, and pretty much in that final scene, we saw everyone except Agent May. Right. Right. But then, um, well, okay. Let, 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 let's look at this. Uh, there's this article, and they they actually talked to Clark Gregg. Okay, so Clark Gregg, like he he even said that. Um, you know, he he was at uh, he now found out uh, that he was no longer going to be the uh, director of Shield uh, the night before the Captain America Civil War premiere. And he quote, and this is a quote: "I texted the writers immediately." Greg tells EW, "I wasn't pissed about it at all. They had an episode very early on after he was made director that said heavy is the head that wears crown. I think that's true. It was a job he was given. Maybe in the back of his mind, he dreamed of being." The the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. someday, but it wasn't his lifelong dream. I think Phil Coulson's happiest as a field agent, he continues. I feel proud of a lot of choices that he's made, even some of the choices that he's made to deal with some of his own mistakes. But to build S.H.I.E.L.D. back up from nothing in the wake of Winter Soldier, I'm sure he has regrets. 
but I'm sure he feels pretty good about what he was able to accomplish. Other than the regrets he is he has about where Daisy seems to be, I suspect there's a part of him that is very happy to return to Agent Phil Coulson. So, which you know what? I'll be honest with you. I I'm glad to see Agent Coulson back. Um, he he had some, you know, you, you could tell that being the director, it was kind of changing him. Yeah, and I yeah. necessarily so. I get it. You know, but um, but the thing is, so here we are now. Colson is obviously Team Cap, and we're sitting here in the wake of the Sokovia Accords, and we know for a fact that that the Sokovia Accords uh, have an effect on what's going on on Agents of Shield, especially in relation to the Inhumans. Okay, right. So now the question is, who? Who? You know, because the thing is, we know that. Well, we already know that it's not Coulson, and to to a certain degree, Coulson's uh, loyalties can be questioned. Sharon Carter. I see. I I think Sharon Carter. Hey, uh, Eric. You know, we we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. Um, the truth is, I mean, even at this point, Shield, even though the okay, the the the. Uh, American government recognized well they they kind of sort of recognized shield as an as a legitimate entity right uh I don't know if other governments are recognizing them yet, but if they are, they still don't trust them uh understandably so well i as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, I think shield yes, it's recognized by the u s government mm-hmm. but it's also a like a SEAL Team Six type organization or Delta Force, yes. where there, or or the rumored aggressor forces that we that the military has, right. they're they're or well the black helicopters they're there but they're not there exactly type deal so so but we so the the question so is it. Is it May? Now, the thing is, would governments want someone like May as the director? Well, or is it is it Agent 13? I guess we could possibly find out at San Diego Comic-Con, which is about a month away. That is true. I, my money is on May. I really, I, I really think so, because May well, has never been completely comfortable being out in the field. No, not not since the cavalry incident. No, she's not, no. I mean, even well, even in the, this last operation, she was not happy. Well, well May brings flowers too. Uh, all right, all right, all right. I'm your new. I'm your. I'm your new director. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I I just. I really do believe that it's going to be May. I I would be surprised. Uh, I, I you know I would be surprised if it's anyone else but May. I, uh, the, I, the only one I could see is Sharon. That's the only other person I could see is Sharon Carter. See Sharon though is she's like uh, Department of Defense, CIA, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. I don't. Shield's not in her track. No, and May and. Considering the yeah, but, the relationship between Colson and May, I think she'd be the only one he'd actually be comfortable entrusting the leadership of Shield to. Yeah, but you got to remember it was Fury that that assigned Sharon to watch over Cap in Winter Soldier, not the CIA. Hmm. Well, she went there after Shield collapsed. Yeah. Well, you know, there always there is always a possibility of bringing of, her back. 
Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm thinking of uh, Director Fury coming in from the cold. There's that, too. There's just to me. I, I say Sharon Carter because, one, the actress has already got TV experience and mm-hmm. is a name on ABC mm-hmm. from the old Revenge series. Right. So. I, I, I don't believe it's Cindy Hill. I will tell you that right now. Don't no. listen to No, no. Yeah. So. so. Well, then. It's time for our picks of the week, and this would be for uh, June 29th. Um, Eric, why don't you start us off? Okay, my first pick of the week is a number four. It is Haunted Mansion, number four, written by Joshua Williamson. That's by Jorge Coelho. There's only one way out past her. The captain's power is growing, and Danny's enemies are closing in. There's only one chance for Danny to get out of the mansion now, but he'll need to make his way to the attic, where Constance the Bride is at her most deadly. <laughs> you know what? I, I should have played something, but I totally spaced because I played it earlier. That's okay. That's okay. No, that's not it. Anyway. Yeah, I'm thinking that's not. <laughs> so, Kylan, your number one pick. My number one pick is a number three. Black Panther number three. Uh, the writer is Ta-Nehisi Coates, and the penciler is Briner, Brian Stelfries. Uh, the most anticipated Marvel series since Whedon and Cassidy's Astonishing X-Men. The Midnight Angels continue the liberation of Wakanda with extreme prejudice, and Chala's indecisions could cost him more than just a throne. Coates Stelfries weave a quintessential Black Panther tale that will change the tapestry of the Marvel Universe forever. Okay. Well, my first pick of the week is the unbeatable score girl number nine. Uh, writer is Ryan North. Penciler is Erin Henderson. The comic that got two number ones in its first year now reaches a new milestone. It's very first number nine. In part two of I Kissed a Squirrel. Um, Squirrel's date with a chump gets interrupted by Mole Man, who is a man who lives underground and can't see that well. Hence the name. Squirrel Girl is really good at emphasizing with two bad guys and taking them down. But what happens when she's too good at that? Buy this comic and find out, because we show exactly what exactly that taking place. Spoiler alert, there's punches and jokes. Not a dream. Not an imaginary story. One following three things will occur in this issue. A pleasant visit to the coffee shop with friends. A man with fishy powers suggests using fish to solve a problem. Big surprise. Or three, Squirrel Girl uses her tail to knock the smirk right off a dude's face. Ha <laughs> ha. I hope it's the third one. So, Eric, you're number two. My number two and number six, it is Spider-Man and Deadpool number six. Deadpool goes Hollywood. See the M with the M on the set of his own movie. And he brings his pal Spidey along as he has lots of experience selling out. All-star special issue written by Scott Aukerman of TV's Comedy Bang Bang. 
Oh my gosh, that would be hilarious. Yeah. Hey, tune in next week and find out. So, Kylan, <laughs> you're number two. My number two is a number two. It's Daredevil Punisher number two. The writer is Charles Soule. The penciler is Simon Kudransky. And the cover artist is Riley Brown. Catch the killer rush gangster Anatov's prison transport. Managed to evade the Punisher only to get hit by Anatov's associates. Daredevil and Blindspot fight to keep order and reclaim Anatov. But there's another problem. No one evades the Punisher for long. Well, my number two is also a number two. It's Captain America, Steve Rogers, number two. <laughs> Let the hate mail down. MG at WeBeGeeks.net. That's fine. I'm okay with it. Uh, writer is Dick Spencer. Penciler is Jesus Saez. As Steve battles a resurgent Hydra more dangerous than ever before, he must confront a ghost from the past. And I believe we might get our answer of why the infamous comments. Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra! So, um, our final picks of the week. Okay, my final pick of the week is number eight, Star-Lord number eight, written by Sam Humphreys, penciled by Javier Garon, and cover artist Mike Hawthorne. Making up is hard to do, especially when you and your ex are being held captive by the Collector, and he wants to acquire the story of your breakup for his personal use. Gross! What does that even mean? Can Kitty and Peter come together to defeat Cosmic Country, or will their house divided, unable to stand? Okay. I am just so tempted to put in a bow chicka bow wow there. I don't mind. Yeah, I, well, yeah, because there, there's a line in there, and I'm just like, yeah. Sixteen-year-old yeah. me just really wants, uh, yeah, yeah. So, Kylan, your final pick of the week. Uh, my final pick is Mockingbird number four. Uh, the writer is Chelsea Kane. The penciler is Kate. The I'm sick. I I apologize. Yes. Please come on the show and no, prove me wrong. Uh, spell the last name real quick. N i e m c z y k. I have a sure about coming on the show, and I totally respect her position. She is from Poland, mm-hmm. and her English is not so good. So so she she feels because of the translation issues. Uh, she respectfully declined coming on. Ah, uh, well, you got two huge fans of your book in, in, in my house, so there. Um, but and so, and the cover artist is Joelle Jones, guest starring Hawkeye. Clint Barton is about to be dissected by rogue scientists in an underwater base at the bottom of the Mari- Marianas Trench. It's up to Bobby to save him. You know that 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 that's a relationship that has been problematic, but it's nice that she can be there for him like that. Yep. Just saying. Well, my it's like, even if we're not together, I will still go to the deepest place on earth to save your butt. That's and nice I'm pretty to know. sure they're gonna probably start. They're gonna argue at some point because no. Oh, Eric wasn't talking about us. No, but I, sorry, but I, I, w- I would like to think that he would. You know. <laughs> well, yeah. If you're about to be dissected by rogue scientists at the bottom of the Marianas Trench, I'll definitely consider coming and rescuing. Well, that that is where the layers annex is. See, it's <laughs> just a hop, skip, and a jump with a couple of goals thrown in. <laughs> Well, my final pick of the week is Darth Vader number 22. Uh, writer is Carrion Gillian. Penciler, Salvador LaRocca. 
Uh, Vader takes on Silo and his cybernetic operatives. The execute the executor moves closer to completion in time for its launch. Meanwhile, the murder bots take on their master. And I'm going to be so sad to see this go in three more episodes. There's more issues. You know, 25 what? is it. Well, uh, now here's now is it that it's not getting the numbers? I don't get why. It's- no, they decided that this is where they want to go to wrap story, wrap the character, wrap all. So, um, but I also have the Marvel for just a reminder of all new dupe is the book of the month or the book club pick, and we will be discussing that next week. So. Um, I couldn't, I, I got the inspiration from Marvel on this and, and I kind of agreed. I couldn't pick just one. So I picked, a, I picked an actual storyline. Uh, I picked Captain America number 206 through 214. And this is the, the swine. It's the whole, uh, story arc. Uh, it, it's collected under the banner of the swine. Um, Originally, um, uh, this is where the Jack Kirby closes out his run on Captain America with with all the bombast, panache, and melodrama that fans have come to know and love from the King. Uh, so, from the Swine moves, you know, we see our Arm Zola and his band of merry monsters in a story that boosts a villain known as Nightflyer. So, uh, Cap and Falcon intend to celebrate their safe return from one mission and instead stumble into something that leads Steve into the clutches of the commandant known as Hector the Swan Santiago. Um, so I'm just going to leave it there. Check out the series. Uh, I actually read it today, um, before making pick and, uh, yeah, I absolutely dig it. Absolutely. And so... That's it, Captain America, um, two hundred six to two fourteen. You know um, what? That I have some news, which I believe you find most interesting. Okay, uh, who who did Jarvis in the news to? Uh, actually, I, I just got uh, something on um over over in my station. Um, now this is something from epicstream.com uh and it looks like it was confirmed uh this is breaking news guys uh so uh back in april netflix made an order for marvel's the punisher to get his own series okay so according to what i'm looking at and this is just the most basic news right now uh according to imdb the uh, date for release is november 2017 wow Okay, so, all right, guys, uh, okay, I know the show's about to end, but let, let's do some quick math here. Okay, so, uh, so in... It's right, almost so the, every six months they're releasing a show. This way it's coming out. And now so, it sounds like there's going to be a couple shows released around the same time. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, because, okay, September we're getting Luke Cage. Right. And then up next from Luke Cage is Iron Fist. Right. And supposedly up next from that is going def- to be... Defenders. Defenders. So apparently, right up from that, it's going to be Punisher. I think so we're going to we get def- three next year. I think we're getting three. No, no, no. Yeah, we're getting three next year. I think we're getting three. I think it's defend- kind of hard. It's kind of hard to see a flaw in that logic. I, I think. I think we're going to get one every trimester next year. I, I and I think that this almost to to go back to what we were talking about last week and what we've been touching on ever since the uh, the. Um, 
the uh, Shield finale episode, I think that Marvel may be about to double down yeah. with Netflix. Yeah, I think that's maybe what we're about to see. I think so. Well, with that news, I think we're going to wrap it up. Uh, Jarvis, if you would, please. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope, just time to go dark. So, so I mean, how is this that the, this is, Netflix is just interesting now? I, it, I mean, I, honestly, dude, this is like 17 minutes. 17 minutes of what. Uh, ago this come up so I just happen to be looking through and I see this so I'm thinking that they're really going to double down and I I think that Marvel is saying you know what Netflix we like what you're doing I think I've said it before but I think Netflix is the future of television I think so hey, you know I, what I, it's, it's probably going to be the future for quite a bit of Disney stuff too because I there's probably, probably Star Wars stuff coming as well. Really? Yep. Call me there. 